ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Video Game Lounge podcast. The podcast not here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. I'm your host this episode, John, and I'm joined by one of my good podcasting friends, Mr. Ryan Yingling from the List Off podcast. How are you tonight, brother? Good, dude. How you doing? How you doing? I'm I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing just fine. Happy to have you here, and I am just freaking psyched to talk about <laughs> the game we're going to talk about tonight, man. So yeah, thank you so much for uh, thinking of including me on such a monumental title. Uh, <laughs> yes. it's, it's big. People have been waiting for four long years for this one. Yeah, long time to wait, and uh, I can't wait to get into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, just to give you a rundown of what's going to happen on this episode. We're skipping the bits. There's no what you're drinking because Ryan doesn't drink and I only have a glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the what you're playing is simple. It's two games. It's Marvel Snap and the game we're going to talk about, God of War Ragnarok. There you go. Intro done. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to get this out of the way really quick. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. If you are listening to this episode from now... To the end of this episode, nothing but spoilers is getting ready to happen. Please do not listen to this episode if you haven't played and or finished the game. So, Ryan, we're going to dive right in. Cool. What are your thoughts, man? Give it to me. Yeah, this is a solid B-plus game. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to get that right out of the way. (laughs) Shots fired out the gate. All right. No, and that's not a shot. That's not a shot. Like, I enjoyed my time with god of war ragnarok it is uh you know it's funny it's beautiful and i think the art direction goes a long way some of the environments are just so cool to see you know especially some of the areas that we haven't traveled to uh in like the original 2018 god of war original obviously not the original god of war but 2018 yeah Yeah, Um, we know yeah yeah if you know you know you know uh but it doesn't look any different or better than 2018, in my opinion. Uh, there are some cleanups here and there. Like, you know, there's some de- level of detail that seems a little bit deeper. But, you know, I recently went back to 2018, and that game yeah. looks phenomenal when they did the it PS5 patch. Good. Yeah. And yeah. I really I can't tell the difference between the 2018 version running the PS5 patch and this, the only difference is you get to see new areas. This does seem like a bigger game in scope. Yeah, totally. I'm sure we'll get into into more of my reasons why, but um, yeah, I do think, in my opinion, 2018 was superior. Uh, mm-hmm. And by coming right out the gates and giving this a totally silly letter grade that means nothing to anyone, it's just, I, I enjoyed my time with it. there were a few times i rolled my eyes and there were a few times it was like man this isn't hitting me like i expected it to and part of that honestly is because i did read reviews of the game and i'm like these people who are writing these reviews had the same expectations going in that i have yeah, yeah. and they were wowed by it so i was like oh man if these people had as high expectations as i had and they're just floored by the game like i cannot wait to play this yeah. And I was I was waiting for that moment that I had those feelings and you know it did it, it it almost got there. Like it's very back heavy this game. Yeah. The first third is very slow. Yeah. Yeah, and even the middle has some pacing issues in my, you know, in my opinion, but um man, that back half is like wow, this is yeah. good stuff. The last like 3 hours of this game hit 
like an absolute grand slam in my opinion mm-hmm. from the time that the actual Ragnarok <laughs> part right. starts and you know again we've already given the spoiler warning at this point so once all the realms have been united and that final mm-hmm. battle begins for Ragnarok this game like forget 11 it it turns yeah. it up to 15 and it does not stop and it is like heart pounding heart racing absolute action that is just amazing um for me it was prior to that honestly yeah. it was uh it was the big reveal the big twist yeah. and i know we said spoilers up front but i i won't talk about the twist quite yet but from that moment on um like when you even when you go to uh helheim not helheim um when you go to meet uh Surger, right yeah in muspelheim and- Rain Muspelheim and have him become Ragnarok. Like that whole sequence of events was awesome, I thought, too. Just the visual style and all of that. And like you have a boss fight down there against two of the Valkyries. Two Valkyries, which was awesome. Yeah. That, that, and it didn't really let up the gas from that point on for me. Yeah. 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 That was such a cool fight. And, <laughs> so you you gave your letter grade. I'm gonna have to think on mine well, because it's I, not I, really. I know. I mean, it's probably more like an I, A minus. Yeah. What do I know? I'm like letter yeah. grades are so silly, dude. Like, <laughs> well, would I would, I think on a number scale, right? Would I score this an 87? I probably wouldn't feel very good about that. It deserves a yeah. 90, I think. Like it, it's yeah. in that range, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, out of the two hosts of the List Off podcast, we know who the better grader is, and that's certainly you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you I, so much. I, I, I remember oh, yeah. Brian being <laughs> being a right. very harsh grader. On oh the, my god! <laughs> and then he like he, he like gave Sony the best grade, but his yeah. best grade was like B plus. And I was like, dude, yeah. I do not want to attend your classes, buddy. Yeah, my goodness, yeah. Brian, we love you, buddy. If you're listening, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, th- this game was was awesome. I think this game had. A Herculean task in front of it mm-hmm. because 2018's God of War, an amazing game. And you, as a as someone who has listened to the show and who you know, you and I have talked extensively about it. Like God of War 2018 has been my favorite game since it launched. It's on my Mount Rushmore of games, and it's it's a game that hit me in in ways that I could not have ever expected. Like having a son. And and all of the things that I found in common with Kratos throughout the story of that 2018 game and the way that it just improved on an already existing IP that mm. I was already in love with. Like the 2018 game is like just such a huge game for me in my life. And so this game had such a huge task to try and live up to it. And so it's like I, I, I can't imagine it was not uh not dissimilar to like naughty dog trying to top the last of us right, right like right. It, it is a huge task to top these just massive games that are just it, it's beyond cult following like many many people love god of war 2018 and many many people love the last of us right mm-hmm. but man this game uh it does start off a little slow like that first maybe quarter kind of starts off a little slow it's a little limited but i think they do a decent job of explaining kind of why that is mm-hmm. and once it starts to ramp up and you have a moment where I'm just going to go ahead and say it, you start playing as a different character. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that stuff got pretty damn cool in my opinion and led to one of the funniest moments in the game. To me. <laughs> yeah. So the character you play as 
for multiple times throughout this game is Atreus, mm-hmm. who is Kratos' son. And I, man, I'll, I'll throw it over to you in a minute. I want to get your take on just the gameplay aspect of of playing as Atreus. But man, funniest part, this, one of the funniest parts in this game to me is him punching down Absolutely. the treasure chest. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> that was great. So, it, like for for those of you who didn't play the game, like Kratos, you find all of these tres, uh, chest and coffins throughout the world, and Kratos, being the god of my, war, my just, dad likes loot. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a line so in my, the my, game yeah, too. My dad <laughs> likes loot. I don't know. My dad likes loot. Yeah. yeah, he punches down on all of these chests to get the hex silver, which is the the currency of the world. And then Atreus tries to do it for the first time, and he can't. And it's one of the funniest scenes ever. Um, so what, what did you think of playing as Atreus? I enjoyed it. Uh, at first, he yeah. felt super OP. I was like, Jesus, these are enemies Kratos has a terrible time with. Like, if there yeah. are enough of them, it's a difficult fight when you're playing as Kratos. And then you'd play as Atreus, and you'd just handle these guys, Yeah, which was, like, really, really surprising. I was like, how powerful are they making this kid? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the more time you get with Atreus – I enjoyed the character development. Uh, The combat itself seemed like an afterthought almost, uh, especially when it came to his upgrades and things like that. There's so much more depth with Kratos. The game was definitely intended for you to evolve Kratos and his armor and his weaponry and his, you know, his skill tree. Uh, Because with Atreus, you just don't have the options that you had with Kratos. Yeah. But what's funny, though, is like Atreus, his only weapon is a bow and you get multiple types of arrow arrows in this game. You get runic arrows, you get um, uh, sonic arrows, which Mm -hmm. is a new arrow type for this game. And then you just get regular like damaged arrows. But his melee with this awesome bow that you can equip is actually really fun. Like Mm -hmm. I was doing probably 50 50 with Atreus between doing the ranged combat with the bow and like the runic skills. And then also just coming up on people and just freaking hitting the crap out of them with this bow. <laughs> like yeah. It was really fun. And yeah. being Loki and being in the Norse mythology, he gets to turn into animals and well, that he was, gets to be, a, he gets yeah. to be a bear. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely get to be a wolf more than you get to be a bear. Yeah, which was still cool. Which was yeah. still cool, but it didn't. It never felt like it lasted that long. You know, you do it in the heat of battle, and then like ten yeah. seconds later, you're back to Loki or Atreus. Um, it was it was fun though. Definitely, like the animations were good. It felt good. Like all combat in this game feels. Uh, yeah. It was really just a. It you know as far as upgrades go, it, the depth wasn't there that Kratos had. Um, but I do like seeing a lot of the story through Atreus and his growth and his uh, ordeals, you know. I was really, really um, surprised when you start the game and you're you're on the sled with with your wolves and everything and when you have like your first encounter with what they call the raiders, right, which are sent to mm-hmm. your house by Freya, more on that later, especially Freya, um, and you have your first combat encounter. The button press for square said ally attack and I was or or companion attack. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because in the 2018 game it said Atreus. So I was like, 
are we going to have multiple companions? Do we get to switch characters at some right. point? And so I was immediately kind of tipped off if you're paying attention at all. And I was, and lo and behold, you get a wide variety of companion characters in this game. So <laughs> what yeah. was your thoughts on having like a couple of different uh, characters with you in this game? Yeah. Throughout the story, you, you know, you get more on Freya later, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, we said that, uh, yeah, she gets to be a companion and you get uh, Brock and Sindri, which was cool. Them throwing yes. bombs and things like that and all these like random junk they just pull out of their like dwarven selves. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, those were additions that were very interesting and very welcome to see. Ultimately, it didn't change the game uh, no. much at all. Uh, I still feel like Atreus was... It, the team is Atreus and Kratos, right? And like, for that, sure, yeah, that was the one that like I probably had the most fun playing as those two together. Um, but yeah, it was cool that they incorporated these other things. I will say, as far as like getting to play as Atreus, it's actually something that I uh, predicted that would happen in yeah. this game. Yeah, and I, it was cool to see and it's i'm really glad they did it early and it wasn't like oh surprise like now you get to play as atreus and you know because kratos is hurt or something like that yeah that would have felt a little bit like hey we've seen this before you know yeah the Um, last of us right correct (laughs) uh so it was cool that it was like really early on in the game first few hours boom, here's Atreus, like, get used to his combat. You're going to be playing a good chunk of the game as him. And, man, the the camera reveal of it was what was right. I found really amazing because in the 2018 game and in this game, too, everything is still in the one-shot camera mm-hmm. perspective. But when it went from Kratos and, like, kind of went over and then behind Atreus, I was like, wait a second, right. are we? Oh, hell yeah, we are. And we got to play as Atreus, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Freya was really cool. I loved upgrading her, especially because in part of her skill tree, she has the Valkyrie um, attacks. And it was just really cool to see her, like, don the Valkyrie wings and just swooping in and doing sword strikes and shit. Like, it was really, really fun. And she also still, like, with the Vanaheim magic from her her home realm, like, she'd grab guys with roots and stick them in place and Kratos can come with the axe and chop them and stuff. Like, man, it was a lot of fun. I thought the combat overall, like, pretty much still feels the same as the 2018 game, but little little things that they did that i was like man this was pretty cool it's like a slight upgrade i guess like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that i noticed was a lot of the arenas that you fight in were you could traverse them like kratos can actually use the blades of chaos to climb things in this game Mm -hmm. and it it added a level of uh just fun for me where like you could have multiple levels that you could get to and attack people from and it was it was a great like uh mechanic i thought just being able to traverse the environment and some of the battles like yeah yeah i was like they made this <laughs> this dude spider-man you know yeah. a few parts i was like hold on kratos is yeah. spider-man like what's going on here uh but it was it was cool to have i and sometimes it's necessary like there are some beefy enemies you fight in this game and especially when you fight some of the larger groups where you know dropping down from a location that's higher up and getting that extra yeah. damage is extremely helpful, or using uh, some of like the chunks of rock laying around you, you almost have to. 
to get through these fights. Yeah. I, I love those little additions too. Like occasionally you'd be in like one of these battle arenas and you just see this big ass rock on the ground and you can chuck it at enemies. They also mm-hmm. had like random trees that Kratos would pick up and just like swing like a baseball bat. That was really fun. Like I thought those little additions were kind of cool. Yeah. And there's like stumps that you could uh, hit with the axe and a big, yeah, yeah big like a frost cloud would come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the the new weapon in this game? The drop near spear? Yeah. Okay, so there were a few points in this game where I was like mouth agape watching it, right? And I don't I don't know a lot about Norse mythology or the lore about it. Yeah. But when you go to that lady in the lake and have it created that was just it was beautiful like that whole scene was incredible um so getting that weapon was really really cool and the way they visually told you like what this ring was right what drop near was you didn't have to know anything about it they did such a good job of visually conveying like what this thing does and how it just like generates multiples and you know what the power behind it was and and what they were going for with this spear uh i i I think it could have used a little bit of a buff as far as damage output goes because i i i never found myself using it as much as i wanted to um but man, getting to like throw it into enemies and then just like boom, exploding yeah, them, or yeah, even just the like yeah. there's like an upgrade you could get where you do your little charge attack where you run at them and stab them with it. And yeah. It stays in them as an explosive, and then you could like blow it up on them. Yeah, there, it was cool. It was very um, a lot of different ways you could use it, and then using it for that Heimdall fight was just like oh, super satisfying. The Heimdall fight was pretty fun. That was one of my favorite fights. It was hard, but it was a lot of fun. I liked that. Um, yeah, it was a weapon that was used for traversal. Cause, and there's a, a lot of puzzles with that, too. You have like these kind of glowing yellow bricks that you have to throw the spear in, explode mm-hmm. it, and then that right. might open a passage to a Nornir chest or a raven mm-hmm. or something like that. And then you also have these like kind of square shaped, like, uh, air holes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. about to say like air holes that are in like these random <laughs> right. walls throughout the world that you throw the spear in, yeah. and then you kind of like Prince of Persia like swing across. Then it was it was kind of fun. Yeah. So this this is like some of my gripes against the game because sure yeah yeah we can get into it. It was cool, right? Cool usage of this new weapon, but it, you see these things early on, and immediately Mimir's like. Oh, you don't have the right thing for that, brother. <laughs> yeah, don't have the right like, yeah equipment yeah, or right whatever equipment for that, brother. Yeah, and so it, it's like, oh, we're gonna get a new weapon. Yeah, you know, like an hour, two hours in, you're like, oh, we're gonna get a new weapon. You know, it's coming probably five hours before you get it. Yeah, and then just seeing those things too is like. It's like the most video game stuff, you know? Like, oh, you're <laughs> yeah. playing a video game, by the way. Like, yeah. And um, it kind of cheapens the experience. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, 2018 was like this too, but it seemed so transparent in Ragnarok that it was like the pacing of it all, of the entire game. It's like, okay, here's a room, enemies are coming. 
clear the room, move on to the next one. Like that was yeah. what the whole game was to me. It was like 90% of this game was like, oh, check it out. Beautiful environment. Here's a conversation between your characters to tell you why you're here and what you're doing. And on the way to do that thing, here's a room. Fight the yeah. bad guys. Move on to the next room because there's going to be bad guys there. And it's just this whole wash, rinse, repeat of like, as soon as you enter and go through a doorway or a door or something, you're like, okay, I know I'm going to have to fight people here. So I could use this wall to climb up and I could, that's a weapon I could throw at them. And, you know, you're immediately thinking those things and the combat feels good. So it's not bad, but like, it's just very video gamey and transparent. And it just, it cheapened the experience a little bit for me, you know? Sure. So let's talk about some of our favorite fights. I know you and I were texting back and forth and we were pretty close at where we were at one point. But man, there are some fights in this game that are astonishing. Yeah. Like they they are nothing short of freaking just a masterclass of game world building and design. Like that fight with um Angrabota's grandma. Uh, yeah, that was, was cool. amazing. So she is Angrabota is kind of Atreus's love interest in this game. And her grandma is a literal giant. And so like scale wise, she I don't know. What what, do you, what would you say, Ryan? Like 10 to 1? Yeah. Like easily. Sc- scale wise? Easily. And you're hiding in in this giant's kitchen and you're hiding behind cups and bowls and plates and then you do a boss fight against her in her kitchen yeah and it was just man scale wise sony santa monica there's no one that does it any better like they're just not like the scale of this fight was amazing it was such a fun fight oh yeah yeah that was a good one I, I do think the boss fights in this game were better than 2018. They yeah. were pretty much the high point of the game for me. Uh, the one exception being Gorm. Yeah. Yeah. The wolf fight. It just it never felt good. You know, like you could read the movements, but it, it just felt like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't like precise enough. I don't know. Like it was just off a little bit in that first part. The second half. You know how he comes back, right? Yeah, yeah. And you have to like kind of chase him through Helheim. That all felt really good. And that second part was good. Yeah. And I I love the little like nod in that part of that fight to the very first game with like when he comes through the roof, Mm -hmm. it's like mirror image of the Hydra fight from the very first God of War game. I was like, okay, that's pretty dope. That that was that's a cool little like eh, if you know you know type deal. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah. So like that, I did like the second half of it, but the first half was just like, oh man, like this is taking forever. Why is this taking? Yeah, yeah like it just take. It took too long, and it wasn't that great. Uh, other than that, I think all the boss fights were good. I, I will say the Heimdall fight, all the major gods, right? All of those fights were incredible and felt very, very good. The Heimdall fight was just you wanted to hit him, you know? Yeah, you really he- did. And he was such an ass. Oh, like, I know. He, he, he was such a pain in the ass. He's like making fun of your son and all this stuff. You know, like, I was I was feeling the emotions of Kratos at that point. Like, you know what? 
I'm, I'm killing this dude because you're a jackass. Yeah, like, there was like <laughs> cheering moments when you get yeah. the spear in his arm and he starts like yeah. talking all that shit to you and you just blow his arm off. I was like, yeah, like, yes, dude. Yeah, like, I was get like, that guy. suck it, man. Yeah, suck exactly. It. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't do that in a lot of games, but they were so effective in creating a character that you love to hate that it was like, yes, like, get that motherfucker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, some of the other ones that were stand out to me. I mean, let, let me ask you this because mm-hmm. you, I know you like the first game too. So in that first game, you have that like real first boss fight with Balder, mm-hmm. and in this game, that real first boss fight is with Thor. Which right. which one do you like more? Oh, I do like the Thor fight more. I love how Thor taunts him. He's oh, like, yeah. "What yeah. the?" F-? He he literally says, "Like, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, like, he says that in the fight, and it was so great. And it, it felt like it had more variety. Like it wasn't, you know, the Balder fight in the first game. If you go back to it, it is very like segmented. Like here's the first stage of the fight. Here's the yeah, second yeah. stage of the fight, and here's the final one. Um, it doesn't feel bad, but in this Thor fight, it just takes you everywhere. And there are these parts where he is like messing you up and just like throwing you in the air and flying you off to a new place and like grating yeah. your face against the ground and, and, and like killing you and then bringing you back to life, which like was incredible. And it was one of those, you know, fourth wall breaking kind of moments. I'm a bit disappointed they didn't like push the envelope with that sort of thing. Or, yeah, like, yeah. You know, bring it. It it, it maybe would have been a little too like gimmicky if they did it more than once or did something similar to that later in the game. Yeah, but um, that I thought that moment was cool. Um, so I do think that first Thor fight just had me more wowed by the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, we we I I will I will not spoil what that moment is and what you're talking about in that fight because that's something you need to play as the player. But there there's there's a cool little moment in this first fight with Thor. And you're like, wait, did I do something wrong? And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. I'm just gonna leave it there. You have to play it. But I'm glad that you brought up the fact that like Thor sends you flying because in that first fight in the 2018 game, you know, Kratos is such a menacing like presence over Balder. He's bigger. Mm. He's got, you know, like just muscles upon muscles and, and Balder's a smaller guy. And the surprise part of that in the beginning is like Balder hits him with that uppercut and sends him flying over the house. Well, in this fight, Thor hits Kratos with Mjolnir and sends him flying from Kratos's house right. all the way to Tyr's temple. I know. Which, which for like clarification's sake, that's like three hours worth of the original game <laughs> to right. get from, from Kratos's house to Tyr's temple. Like, and he just sends him flying, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like, it was so good. He has a line when he leaves, too. He's like, oh, I got my blood price. And I'm like, but what'd you get? You yeah, know, like what was the pr- price? I mean, I guess like having Kratos show a little of his former self, like him breaking that facade and tapping into like his former anger, like it was it. You know, it just felt like, are you really walking away right now? Like you know, and then it it does later become apparent that he couldn't kill him. He was under strict orders not to, not to. Yeah. Not to but um, yeah, yeah, it would have been cool to see a little more of that. Yeah, man. There were I I love that there was a 
a variety of bosses. Like mm. in the first game, most of your bosses are like the big ass trolls and it's the right. same animation to kill them. You know, you, they got a big like long kind of rock that Kratos puts the axe in and slams it on their head. And then this game, you have a variety of fights. I remember my first fight with like the um, centaur lady, the huntress. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, she kicked my ass twice until I realized like how to beat her. Yeah. I was like, my goodness. Like it was, I mean, the, the, I got her the second time, but like she was, she was working me and I was like, okay, I realize what I have to do in this fight now. And I found like one of my strategies in, in doing some of these fights was like, okay, there wasn't a plethora of health stones in this right. game. Like you would go through several areas and maybe find a health stone that would get, man, not even a quarter of your health back. Mm-hmm. And my strategy was like, okay, if I'm in a fight and I, I'll just kind of die right away if I'm getting worked, come back and you respawn with full health. More health, yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> that's that's the way I'm gonna go here. But like that was that was pretty fun. You um, get some of the travelers come back, which was fun. So, what were you gonna say, man? Needhog was a cool boss fight too. That was yeah. the one I was getting ready to oh, say. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, 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 dude. Needhog was a great fight, and that led to probably one of like top three, like hell, maybe even top two character moments in this game for me. So, Needhog is like in the Norse mythology, like the keeper of the Yggdrasil tree, right? Mm-hmm. And like Odin's like kind of pet snake bird thing. <laughs> and- I don't know if it had anything to do with Odin. Like Odin used him because it's the protector of the tree. And he was like, he had it, um, like he involved the roots of the tree in the spell that kept Freya in Midgard. Yeah. So they would have to do damage to y- Yggdrasil in order. Right. And that's when Nithog was like, oh, excuse me? That's my yeah. tree, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my tree. And yeah. oh my god, that the way that Nithog dies was freaking amazing. Yeah. Can't spoil that because that's something you need to see in game because that was pretty damn cool. But yeah. after that fight, it leads to one of the best character moments in the game for me because after the 2018 game, like at the end of the 2018 game, Kratos kills Balder. Because he's no longer immune to damage. And Freya's like, I'm going to bring down every wrath that I can upon you. And so she starts out this game as an enemy. And Mm -hmm. eventually she gets to be a friend. And this fight is a big part of that. And at the end of this game, oh my God, man, this moment where she like... I was like about to break down crying because when she looks at Kratos and says, look, I can't forgive you, but I also can't fucking kill you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, my God, man, that just rips at your heartstrings. At least for me, it did. I was like, holy cow, man. A lot of it was the acting too. Yeah. Yeah. This game like is a 12 out of 10 as far as the performances go. Like everybody in this game was amazing. Like Christopher Judge, I mean, obviously already amazing as Kratos. Sonny Soljic as Atreus was amazing. And Daniel Basuti as Freya. My goodness, man. She acted her ass off in this game. Mm-hmm. She has a couple of character moments when she meets back up with her brother in this game. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, man. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Anything you want to say on Freya? 
Uh, great character. She was, I, I think the acting only improved between the first game and this one. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, like you said, a powerful moment, very powerful moment. And I just kept asking myself, like, would, would she let him go? Like, would she really forgive him? Like, would she not try to kill him at some point? Yeah. And, um, it felt like that was to serve the story, right? Which, like, and hey, that could all be interpreted differently because also she's a big reason. And I think she was trying to avoid that self uh, blame in a lot of ways by pinning it on, you know, Kratos and Atreus. So yeah. maybe it was more a realization on her part that, like, I also killed balder like i also killed my son and i deserve just as much blame as kratos does um so i wish they kind of incorporated that element a little more of her having that realization rather than just being like it's still your fault kratos but like i think i could let you live you know yeah 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 Yeah. but uh i think the character that might have my favorite character story other than uh, you know, Kratos and Atreus in this game is Sindri. Oh, yeah. Sindri has quite a character turn in this game, man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What are your What are your thoughts on Sindri? I can't talk game? about Sindri. I don't want to. I don't want to go go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Look, we did say spoilers, so I, yeah, it's on the table. Um, prior to the big twist, I think. Seeing Sindri had like finding out he he was working with Atreus for years, you know, uh, yeah, all during Fibble Winter, right? To find out more about the giants and where they are and that sort of thing, and helping Atreus and seeing that bond and hearing it firsthand when you do take over and play as Atreus was really really cool, and you could tell there's like genuine emotion between them. They care oh, yeah. about each other. They care for each other, and to kind of see that deteriorate as the game goes on uh it it was powerful like it it definitely didn't sit well with me to see that it was like oh man like can we just talk to Sindri? like can we just talk about it can we talk it out a little bit and he was like no and he has that moment where he even shares something that nobody else knew uh that you know he brought brock back to life and like brock is incomplete and like that was wild. Um, it, but then, you know, as powerful as that moment of when they create the drop near spear was, it was like Brock all of a sudden's like, that son of a bitch, I knew it. <laughs> like, he brought my back and I yeah. don't have my whole soul. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, that's why, like, you like you just pieced that together because the mermaid ignored you? Like, really? Like, yeah. you, what? Like that seemed like a bit of a jump there, you know, but Hey, yeah. But he was like, man, she was, she didn't even see me here. I don't even think she recognized me. Like he was Mm. like, he was ignoring me the whole time. But like, he has a moment where he like pauses for like two seconds during that whole interaction. And I was like, Holy shit. He's taking the time to actually try and sit and process like what just happened. Dude, Brock thought about some things. Yeah. (laughs) Hats off to him. He thought about things a lot more than other people did, which is crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then when the, when the big twist happens and Oh my gosh, I love that Brock was just like 
man, he's no bullshit in this game. He would not he let just, it go. Yeah. He just says what he, I mean, but that's like what Brock's character is. And mm-hmm. then when he, when he calls it out and the twist happens and it's like, oh my God, man. Um, yeah. I, and then Sindri's reaction to it when you meet up with him later and you're back in Tyr's temple, like the first thing that, uh, that I noticed was that he doesn't have his gloves on. Right. Exactly. He's working on the steel with a sword without his gloves. And it's like, man, the whole like premise of him in the first game is that he's a germaphobe. Right. And the reason why he's still like pale skinned and Brock is blue is because Brock touches all the steel and has gotten like all the iron and shit on his skin and has turned blue. And that's why Sindri's like um, always wearing gloves and wants to burn anything. But man, and to see him so angry and distraught and it's not meant to be funny. It was actually very powerful how it was delivered. But uh, Atreus is like, you know, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, you don't get to be sorry. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then Atreus is like, man, is there anything I can do? And he's like, you can get the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he says. And I was and like, he's got like, just, he, he looks dirty. And like you said, he was a germaphobe. I mean, like there's a part earlier in this game in Ragnarok where he hugs he hugs uh, Atreus, and it's like, holy shit, he hugged him. Like, yeah, this germaphobe dude hugged him. But then to see him like that, it's like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, and he's his hair is, like, disheveled, and his, like, eyes are red, and he's just dirty, and, like, he's got, like, these red bags under his eyes. He looks so unkempt and so out of character for what he had been for the first game and a half of like this series mm-hmm. and oh my goodness man and the very like end credit scene has a payoff and there's kind of a mystery involved like that's that's one thing i won't spoil but you're like what happens at this point <laughs> like oh my gosh yeah such a turn for Sindri, and i absolutely love it like a, again just another great performance adam harrington was was great again as Sindri. um so let's let's talk about some of the other side characters. You meet uh, Freya's brother, Freyr. Um, you get Hindelsfini, who is the warthog that we shot with a bow and arrow in the first yeah. game. Um, and what did you think of the other dwarf uh, that we met, Lunda? Yeah, she was funny. <laughs> you know, like kind of this like <laughs> like attitude, kind of a you know tavern wench attitude uh, to oh her. Oh my gosh! Right, it was cool, man. Um, yeah, Her I like the dwarves. accent was amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. like <laughs> pretty hilarious. Like so, uh, it fit Brock's accent really well. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, like yeah, this is what dwarves sound like, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> it's not just Brock. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I, I I was really really scared when they introduced another dwarf. I was like, man, and and the fact that like her and Brock kind of it's at least hinted that like they've been together. <laughs> like we're adults here. So just, just imagine. But um, I was like, man. And then you, you go on a little kind of special quest to find like a, a, a freaking basically a Norse mythology version of a tennis ball for her mm-hmm. dog. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you get some pretty damn cool armor from her for that quest too. Um, so definitely do that when you play the game. Do you know who was the voice actress for her, by the way? I had to look this up. 
No, no. You're like naming every voice actor that was in yeah. this game off the top of your head. And I'm like, man, the person who voiced Freya nailed it. You're like, oh, so Danielle. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah Danielle okay. Basuti. Um, it, it's the AT&T girl, uh, Lily. Uh, the, oh, really? The Russian chick. Yeah, Milana Van Trubb or whatever her mm-hmm. name is. Squirrel who girl. does all that. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> yeah. was for like a pilot that never got released or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this freaking Russian shit came in here and did a country accent. Like, that is amazing. And she knocked it out of the park. She did a really great job. I don't yeah. know if she's done other voiceover stuff or not. Um, I didn't like IMDB or anything, but I was like, damn, that's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool thing. And then, um, man, we haven't even gotten to the Asgardian like gods yet. Like, Brian Schiff from the West Wing mm-hmm. as Odin was <laughs> amazing, man. I think that came on in the late game. Yeah. Like the early game, I'm like, wait a minute. Like this is Odin, dude. Are, are we serious right now? Like it, 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 it's effective at that, like taking you off guard. And he, he seems more like, um, you know, like he's going to trick you into believing he's the best. And I was like, is this yeah. guy really powerful? Like what's going on here? Uh, but, you know, his true menace came later in the game. Uh, when you really get to see that other side of him and he, the mask yeah. is not there anymore, right? This facade is gone now. Uh, and I think that's when the performance really, really sunk its claws into me. Prior to that, I was just like, ooh, like, I, I don't know why they chose this guy. The voice yeah. just didn't fit what I, and this is my personal expectation. Sure. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a big proponent of developers doing what they want to do getting the talent they want. Uh, but for what my, whatever my stupid expectations were, I was like, Ooh, man, I don't know about this guy. Uh, all in all, like far be it for me to critique his performance. He, he nailed it. You know, I kind of agree with you, especially in the mid to late game. And what really sold it for me was two things. It was his interactions with Atreus, because mm-hmm. as Atreus, you go and visit, Asgard, which was not available to you to to visit in the first game. Um, but he has like this, like wanting to be this kind of helpful, fatherly kind of character. But like everything he says has double meanings and he's scheming even when mm-hmm. he's telling the truth or half truths and all of these things. So that was the one that was one thing that sold it for me. But it was his interactions with Thor. It's like Thor size wise in this game is not the Hemsworth version of Thor that we've seen in the MCU. He's this fat, redheaded, belligerent drunk (laughs) in this game. And Odin, like size wise, is like half his size and is much shorter. And yeah, they're father and son, but Odin holds a power over him that Thor just accepts. And he, he calls Thor like stupid right to his face. And you're like this is the guy who is the God of thunder and wields Mjolnir. Like who the hell are you? Yeah. But it was his interactions talking to his son that way. And then that leads to a, a moment in the Ragnarok portion of the game that I will not spoil. Just play the game. <laughs> um, yeah. But I was like, okay, that, that sold it for me. I, I agree. Cause that, he'd do that. And then in this, in like the same breath, he would turn to Atreus and be like, Oh, like, don't worry about it. Hey, yeah. Let's put this mask piece together. And right, it's like, right. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought 
like Heimdall was, we already touched on him, like a kind of a great kind of like lieutenant villain in this mm. game. Like from the moment you meet him, you're like, okay, this this guy's an ass. And like your first interaction with him is you ride on this kind of mythical bull with these kind of goofy horns. And then he sets you up with a fight in Asgard. And he's like, hey, here you go, kid. Well, <laughs> and then first was kind of hair raising because you like you spend you know, 30 minutes climbing this wall. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he, you're at his whim. You're, yeah. He, he's got you. And he's basically like, I could just eat an it. apple. Right. And just, he's like, yeah, I could throw you off this wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was a little like, Oh, am I about to get tossed off this wall? Like, is this yeah. happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I thought um, like Throod was a pretty cool character. Mm-hmm. And I like how they, quasi played with like a love triangle with Throod and 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 atreus and angraboda like obviously atreus spends more time with angraboda but like Throod kind of had her moments where i was like man like not all the asgardians are dicks like mm-hmm. she she is actively trying to change thor her father's like mindset on that and and try to get him to be a better person yeah and then I thought Sif was very cold towards Atreus at first, and rightfully so, because Atreus and Kratos kill her sons, Magni and Modi, in the first game. But she has a great character moment towards the end of this game and kind of becomes an ally. And you're like, damn, Sif, okay. The moment I saw Sif, I was like, damn, Sif, okay. Yeah. If you, if you catch my meaning. <laughs> yeah. No, I I got it. Uh, she's voiced by Emily Rose, Miss Elena Fisher from the Uncharted series. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, very man. cool. Yeah, I was as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, "Oh, Elena Fisher, here we go." So yeah, I I thought like them, and and man, now that I'm thinking about it too, the, the Asgard thing just made me think of one of my favorite kind of fights in this game. You have a a bar fight. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it game. was coming. I was like the bar fight. The bar fight was so fun. As Atreus, you you go in, you find Thor, and he's like just drunk on mead. And you have a legit bar fight in this game that was pretty damn cool, man. Oh, like, for what sure. What are your thoughts on the bar fight? Oh, it was super cool. Like to see Atreus in that atmosphere too uh, was the best part. And it is this cool kind of three way team up between you, uh, you and Thor and Throod. And just to have the environment crashing down around you and oh my god yeah it was well scripted super well scripted like the the you know obviously there's no cuts but the transition between the scripted moments and then the actual fighting this is where it didn't feel as video game it flowed extremely well uh, yeah and yeah at the and and it had emotional weight at the end of it you know you kind of are left with like a real picture yeah. of thor's flaws and it's it's one of the first times you're seeing it, you know, you're just like, man, this guy's a jerk. Like why? I mean, obviously like one of his flaws is that he's mean, but then you kind of see the weakness there and it's not, it's not even weakness. You see that he experiences emotion, right? Like he's yeah. not just a jerk. It's like, he's grieving in his own way. And uh, you, you really didn't have a, a glimpse of that prior to this. Uh, it ends up being a really powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's multi layered, uh, for sure. Yeah, man, it was it's such a such a cool moment. Like the actual physics of that fight mm-hmm. and the the bar, and it's because it's m- multiple levels and right. everything's just kind of 
falling down around you. Like, man, it was, that was pretty damn cool. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit. I know you've kind of aired some of yours, just kind of talk about some of the overall dislikes of this game. My biggest gripe, I think, with this game is the the map is absolutely atrocious. I never looked at it. (laughs) I hate the map in this game. (laughs) Like, unlike the first game, like, you actually have to discover an area for the fog of war to clear. And I was like, the, the part that I noticed it, the like for the first time where I was getting frustrated is the first realm you go to in Svartalfheim, mm-hmm. like the Dwarven Kingdom. And I was like, okay, why can't I see a damn thing here? Like I'm trying to see like where a, my, a new boat dock might be. Mm-hmm. Like I know where the game wants me to go, but I'm all about exploring. I want to find these Nornir chests or these, you know, extra uh, treasures or anything that I could find, Odin's Ravens or anything like that. So I'm all about exploring. And I, I noticed that the maps were just like, absolutely atrocious <laughs> yeah so bad i would say that even kind of trickled into the menu system i mean it's yeah. it's not a good ui to get to all the different things to upgrade and skill trees and all that and like navigate that yeah. menu system it's not very good it doesn't feel good to navigate and it's not easy to determine like how to move between characters that to upgrade them and things like that they tell you all you all of this at the beginning You know, but I put this down for a few days and came back to it. And I was like, oh, like, how do I jump to Atreus if I want to upgrade some of his stuff? And, you know, yeah, it takes you a minute to figure it out. Honestly, I never looked at the map. Yeah. I I should say you did. I did one side quest. Uh, That was it. Um, Do you remember which one you did? Yeah, I did the Dwarven Forges where you learn a little more about Mimir. It's like the first one that's offered to you. Yeah, that was a cool one. Yeah, it definitely was. You get to kind of find out um, some of the negative things that Mimir did to affect the realms. And uh, I just, I I knew these would have importance to them. But like, man, I I don't have much time to play video games. So I was like, (laughs) I'm getting through this. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm playing it. Yeah. But I, I love how that first realm kind of mirrored Midgard from the first one because you mm. you free this 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 beast that Mimir has imprisoned and it takes up like this whole bay area but it it's a smaller version of like the lake of nine from the first game you have kind of there's no like realm towers or anything but you have like multiple beaches and places you can explore mm-hmm. and you can you can um did you do like the mine towers where you had, right. had like three right. towers and stuff yeah um yeah and man that first realm was absolutely beautiful, man. The the realms that you get to travel to in this game that you didn't in the first game look gorgeous to me. Like Svartalfheim was was gorgeous. And I love uh we haven't talked about the music yet. We can get to that in a little bit, but the music for for that area was really fun. Svartalfheim was just beautiful. I think Vanaheim, yeah, I think was probably my favorite. I remember texting that in the in the list off discord, it was kind of like a combination of, uh, Endor and Felucia from star Wars. Right. Like right. you have killer plants that want to kill you, but it's in like a forest kind of wooded area. And, uh, it was very, very beautiful to look at. And later on in the game, when you have, you can, there's a day night cycle. I, I, I don't want to spoil kind of, there's a story yeah, that element with cool. that. That was cool. Yeah. The day night cycle of that's pretty cool because in the, in the, in the sun 
certain like tree branches and roots come out and then at night there aren't they aren't there so you get to have different paths available to you right uh i i thought that was pretty cool um asgard was a little bit of a letdown i f- i felt like it was kind of gonna be more of like streets of gold type kind of <laughs> right. deal like more like uppity kind of like on high type of they type do of make thing. A, a have a line about of dialogue about it too where yeah like, and that but, that was pretty cool yeah like atreus first shows up and he's like wait this is asgard and she's like you know, I think it's Throod or, or Heimdall, maybe. Yeah, she's like, like what'd you think? Yeah. Yeah, what were you expecting, <laughs> dude? Like, yeah. There, there are so, they thought, as far as like, like little quips and side conversations, there's so many in this game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would implore you, but, but anyone that plays the game, the side missions offer a lot of side content and a lot of extra dialogue and story moments that all tie in, but you learn about other characters. And it, man, it's so, so well done, but they, they thought about everything because when you first start out this game, you're back in Midgard and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe I can use the, the gateway to travel the realms. And Mimir's like, ah, brother, you can't do that. Remember it's broken from blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then you, you walk around your house and it's like, well, you can't go through Baldur's cavern because it's Fimble winter and you can't go to this. It's like everything has something attached to it that has a line of dialogue i remember when you finally get to sindri's house and ratatasker shows up like the the squirrel <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he takes you to the ledge and you can actually see like nitho down there i threw the axe just for shits and giggles i was like all right let's see if i can hit it and atreus is like isn't that a little too far to throw your axe yeah <laughs> yeah like, there's just little quips like that that I found really funny. My favorite quip in the game, though, like my favorite line is in the fight with Odin. Like uh, Lo- <laughs> uh, o- Odin has a line and he's like, man, three on one. And Mimir, who's attached to Kratos' belt still, is like, don't forget, I'm here too, all fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's four on one, all fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> that good. Was like, he's like, that's for Brock. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah. dude, oh man, that cracked me up. I, I was, oh man, that was that was great. Overall, I think this game for me is probably Lance is like an A minus. I think I'm with you in that the 2018 game just man, I think is a is a better game. I yeah. will probably still go back to this game more than I will 2018, just because I love what this game did. It's the finality of the story. You know, and I, I want to be fair too, not not to interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no worries, bro. No worries. But um, you you said it. This game had a Herculean task. It did. It did. Yeah. And like it did all the things that 2018 game did and improved them. Even like the transitions that you had mentioned earlier, the dream sequences, the transitions yeah. into his dream sequences were like astonishingly well done. But like you, it, you if if you do the whole one shot thing again, it doesn't matter how much you get it right. It's not yeah. going to be as effective as that first time, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why it didn't hit as hard for me. Like it's those little things that it, it yes, it did, it did what twenty eighteen did, and it improved some things. Improved it some tweaks, like not so much in my opinion, but it just didn't hit the same way because it. It wasn't the first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really kind of what it comes down to is like, once, once you do it for the first time, you can't do it for the first time again. So Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I mean, 
as much as I love Uncharted, there's only so many times you can climb a ledge and have it almost fall down on you before it kind of becomes old, right? Like it's it's those types of little things. But I I found that this game overall was still just very endearing and and very like fun game to play. I think some mm-hmm. of the things they added in like really really added in a lot of flavor. Like the berserker fights. Did you ever try it, any of those? Uh, no, you're gonna have to tell me which ones the berserker was because I did like a few Valkyrie and I did like the whole. There's like the um, Draugr holes or whatever. Yeah, the Draugr holes were cool. Yeah, I loved yeah. those. I thought that was pretty neat because the Draugrs were like the main like wimpy enemy from the first game, and there's metric shit tons of them. And in this game, they're like, no, we're gonna make them mean something. And you have these Draugr holes, and they were pretty cool fights. I like those tough fights. Yeah. Yeah, so you get this like sword hilt on your way to the Norns when you're oh, with yeah. Freya. Yeah. And like you've seen these gravestones that are throughout the world. I was like, okay, I, I'm not getting a circle prompt. I can't interact with these. I was like, I'm probably coming back to these. But you get that sword hilt that you stick into the gravestones, and it, it's basically like the Valkyrie fights, but harder. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like I've gotten a handful of them done, and man, they are they're brutal. They are. Right brutal the one in the one in alfheim is a three-on-one and uh well i guess three-on-two technically because you have insert companion here whether it's atreus or freya but like oh my god dude it's brutal it's it's hard (laughs) (laughs) i attempted the first one that you come across after you get the the sword hilt from the norns in svartalheim and i was like no i'm good dude like i died once and i was like yeah i guess i'll come back to that later yeah, yeah. Did you do any of the Muspelheim trials? Because some of those get pretty, pretty hard too. No, I did. I, look, I did the one side quest and I beelined it through the story. Uh, and I have no shame in that. Like, that's how I yeah. play, that's how I digest games. Like, there are very few games. I'm not a platinum trophy hunter, any of yeah. that. Like, there are very few games where I, I get into the side quests. I will say, I was annoyed. I was annoyed that every time I cleared a story beat, I had like three characters telling me like, oh, well, we could go blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need this shit, dude. I don't need you telling me or this other dude or all three of you ganging up on me and telling me I got to do these side quests. And it it felt like, look, I know it's the developers pushing you in that direction. I know they want you to experience these things. I know a ton of work went into them. But. Like, sorry, guys. Like, I came to play the game, the main game, and like that's how I wanted to get through it. You know, was it? Because I know when when you and I have talked about like Horizon Forbidden West, was it like that for you? Where it's oh, like yeah. you just kind of wanted to like I'm here for the story and it's gripping enough, and I want to know like what the next beat and the next beat and the next beat is type deal. Kind of a combination between the two. You know, in Horizon, I probably did more side quests because it was like, oh, this is on the way. Yeah. Or this is the same place I am going already. Like, you tend to pick up some side quests just organically in that game, you know? Um, And I will say also in God of War Ragnarok, like, all these side quests are given to you. You don't really have to seek out finding the ones. I probably would have been able to do 10 to 15 of them just by going through the main story. They're all with characters that you're talking to anyway. And, you know, Horizon, you just pick them up as you go through the environment as well. And I would always kind of check, 
Like, do I have to do anything? Is it extracurricular or is it just on my way? And if it's just on my way, like, yeah, I'll get it done. Why not? It's there, you know? But um, it, 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 these, it reads differently in an open world game too. Yeah. You know? I think um, this is not God of War Ragnarok is not an open world game. I'm not going to jump between three realms to complete a side quest. I'm not going to go back to a realm. I have no story reason to go back to, to get a side quest done. Uh, So it's really just, you know, it's personal preference for me. Um, And in the story I wanted, I think that to me, that was the important thing. That was the reason I was playing it. That's what I wanted to get through. So that's where my main focus was. Yeah, I dig it, man. I, I respect it. I really do. I, I'm not much of a platinum trophy guy myself. I I, I only have like six, and uh, you know, you, yeah. you you know the dad life, and it's <laughs> like you yeah. don't have much time yeah. to game anyway. Um, but let's let's talk about the music, man, because Bear Bear McCreary comes back, and I do. Mm-hmm. I think this score is phenomenal. I think each each realm having kind of its own theme and tune to it and how each of those will slowly but surely as your time spent in them will eventually get back into like the three kratos notes you know what i mean the bomb 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 you know yeah. i think is pretty cool i think he he knocked it out of the park in my opinion i think it's an awesome soundtrack yeah 100 percent. and it's no knock against him when i say this it's it's the way video game soundtracks are going yeah like this is beautiful and the chanting like the voice uh like the actual singing they bring into some of the tracks yeah. and things like that was incredible but it's it's a video game music now you know yeah. like isn't that crazy it's its own genre now <laughs> yeah like i grew up with ch- chip tunes and like terrible music you know from the nes the atari prior to that even yeah and we now have it to where i can say Every major AAA title has like orchestrated music coming out, and you really need to do something special to stand out in that crowd. There were tracks that did. There were undoubtedly tracks that did. But also, it's like my brain doesn't even hear some of this. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're just, it's epic video game music, right? Like, and that's crazy to think about. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. There, there were some moments too where I was definitely like the Neethog fight. I, I couldn't tell you like if you if you were having me go through that playlist and be like, all right, tell me the the music from the Neethog site, I'd be like, yeah, I got nothing, man. I was so focused on freaking attacking right. this big bird <laughs> yeah, snake man. lizard thing. Like, um, yeah, just can't do it. But they're like the moments where it's meant to be like to stand out and be like poignant moments, like with Freya and her brother, or mm-hmm. um mm-hmm with with Sindri, uh as some of these other moments that we've touched on like those moments hit dude the norns like we we you've talked about the norns that was another part in that mid game where i was like this is good shit yeah like this is incredibly good shit and it, just this idea of going to talk to like oracles right is cool super and cool. very god of war yeah <laughs> right of course yeah <laughs> but how they showed it was like oh man it's such a funny scene because it doesn't really serve a purpose in the game uh but i'm so glad they they have yeah i'm so glad they have that the whole scene i i love the one shot camera perspective and then when you're on the horse and it goes under the water i was like 
dude, that looks freaking dope. That was so right? freaking cool, man. The whole like travel through the water. And I, I, I should reiterate, like, yes, it serves a purpose, right? The whole the whole story is about fate yeah. and and breaking the chain, right? Um, which was cool. Like, great story idea. I don't know if it had succeeded in like maybe what they wanted to go for as far as like like breaking that chain of fate. Yeah, uh, that mid credit scene kind of <laughs> yeah. leaves it hanging yeah, there really too. Does. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole Norn bit and the music was very very fitting for the environment that you go into and the travel into that environment all of that just like i was like a mouth agape just like the mermaid scene you know and it's i love how all three norns have their own personality and the way that they Mm -hmm. speak (laughs) like it was though the one is a little creepy because she says what you're getting ready to say as you say it and the i don't know that's the one name I don't know. I, I don't know which voice actress does it, but you're forgiven. Yeah, she, uh, I don't either. <laughs> she did a phenomenal job. The whole scene yeah. was very well done. I love the Norns. And at some point he was, uh, Kratos is like, ah, so I got to kill Heimdall or, uh, and she, in the one, the main Norns like, Oh, he's missing the point already. <laughs> like she's, she, she yeah. literally says like, Hey, you're not listening to us. <laughs> like, you yeah. can, like how very Kratos. Yeah. How very Kratos indeed. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I, I wanted to ask, are there any opinions that you have about the game or that you read that you're like, man, I maybe feel the opposite or I feel the same. And you're like right here, right now I'll, I'll, I'll defend I'll defend this position. I'll die on this hill. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know if I ever, if I really read any like hard takes on the game. I guess the opinion that I will stand by is that I don't think the writing was as good in this uh, as 2018. Sure. If, and, you know, I think some of those later game moments suffered because like I, I did have some eye rolls, you know? Sure at the writing in this game and like it's not the acting it's not the acting it's not the capture it's not the animation it's none of that like all of that was so well done but there were times where like there would be a line that hit and i was just like oof like really like that is so on the nose so on the nose you know um do you remember any specifics no that's what's i should have brought some to the table like but yeah, I, I just remember there being a few where I was like, oh, they're they're like telling me this, the player. Yeah. And I I already figured it out. Like you don't have to tell me this, you know, like it's apparent this is what's going on. And and sometimes it's better to show, not tell, you know. Um but like I I've I've I feel like I've brought up a fair amount of negatives about the game, and I'm sure people have who are listening to this have already heard some where they're like, You're wrong, you're an idiot. And like I am. I'll live with that. <laughs> you're not you're not uh, an idiot, man. <laughs> but like I did enjoy this yeah. game, dude. Well, that's up for debate. I mean, that's subjective, you know. I'm cool with it, dude. It's all good. Like, look, I don't uh I don't I don't personally think I am, but like I'm also not gonna get mad if other people think my opinion sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, mean, I, I put it out there on the internet. A lot of people are gonna think my opinion yeah. sucks. I mean, dude. same, same. Yeah. I mean I, I have two. I have two. And one of them I read. The, this guy's review, I don't even remember 
it, it wasn't like one of the big video game websites. I think it was just some like guy who does reviews, but he was mentioning how he hated the, um, the fast travel in this game. And like, so you play this on PS five, I'm playing it on my PS four pro. Yeah. And so like, when you are doing the fast travel in this and you're on the the tree of Ig- Yggdrasil, like mm-hmm. what, what's your load time on that? Usually it was surprisingly long. Um, and I, I think that's a big gripe actually. Thank you for reminding me. I'm on the PS five dude. Like I didn't pay for this, you know? And I get like a lot of it is for that exposition. Uh, for that dialogue that you get in between, yeah. but it still had those like we're crawling through a cave, so the next area can load and like it's. I see through that, you know. I see through it now because uh, so many games have done it. Um, but it, it, you know, I'd say it was still thirty seconds to a minute. Uh, it, it, you know, it was like long enough to where I was like, "Geez, you know, I have the current gen. Like, this seems like a long time." So, my my position on it, what I'll defend, is what you already hit on. It's it's the exposition. It's it's the conversations that you're having, and you get, like I said, you get a lot of that when you're traveling to the realms to do the side quest, and you'll get like a a story beat. And, and what's what's fun in, for me is that you usually get it from Mimir, who is like one of my favorite characters. And mm, and you yeah. get a little, just a little tidbit of information that you're like, man, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't have known that had we not traveled to this realm. And depending on who your companion is, whether it's Atreus or Freya or one of the dwarves or something, you might get some extra dialogue there. And it's, it's, it's fun. There, there are a couple moments later on in the game where I noticed that the dialogue exposition was getting shorter where it went from 60 seconds to the you know kind of towards the beginning and and middle third of the game where towards the end it was like even on on the ps4 pro it's like oh okay here's this like quick two lines of dialogue 15 seconds and you're in type deal there were Mm -hmm. a couple of those moments well you just reminded me of a few nice if we're gonna be bringing up gripes yeah let's do it uh it's not a quiet game like 2018 had quiet moments and it made like when Kratos talked all the more important. You hung on every word the dude said in 2018, you know, and this your, people are talking to you constantly <laughs> yeah. in this one. It is like all the time somebody is telling you something yeah. about the world or the characters or what is currently how happening to solve in a the puzzle. story or <laughs> how to solve a puzzle. It is like, I, you don't really get a moment of peace in this game. Um, so don't expect that. And I didn't do the side quest, but I have seen online. There's a lot of like uh, kind of praise the PlayStation stuff going on, right? Like there's a line of dialogue about Kratos's uh, former exploits as in PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. There are like there are like books you can collect for all the different PlayStation franchises yep. that are basically stories about the different franchise. Get that shit out of my God of War game. I'm sorry, dude. Like I I love PlayStation titles. All those books, like I love the games those books are based on. But that is some self-congratulatory BS that does not fit within God of War. And this is the sort of thing that takes you out. It takes you out of the experience. Like, you think I want to hear about what Kratos did in PlayStation All-Stars when I'm playing God of War Ragnarok? Like, is that what you think I want to hear about? I don't. 
Yeah, the the kind of meta, like they went extra meta with this, yeah. and I, I'm kind of yeah. with you. I, I thought it was kind of a cool nod because there's like you know Last of Us Part Two. They they have like you know Ellie's. But uh, like, what is that bullshit? Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I like yeah. this is what I mean. Oh, this is the hill I'll die yeah. on. You found it's all it. good. It's all good. Because like, what is what are you doing? Why are you telling me a story about the Last of Us Part Two and God of War Ragnarok? Like, what is that? I don't know. I I first really noticed this with Ghost of Tsushima, where in the Iki Island like director's cut, they had like you could get a an armor in that game that was similar to Aloy in Horizon, and then there was a there mm. was a tree that had like a very familiar looking axe from God. I don't know. They just kind of started doing little Easter eggs. Right, all, right, and that's cool. Yeah, all all of these franchises started going like, "Hey, we see you. We, you know, we got you." And then I guess this is kind yeah. of what they landed on for this game was like, "Oh, let's make a collectible where you're finding these poems, but little little mm-hmm. wink, wink, nod, nod type deal to oh, you've the, these aren't just random stories. This this is The Last of Us. This is freaking Jack and Daxter. This is uh, I think uh, right. Ghost of Tsushima is one of them too. Like, I was like." Oh. It's hard. It's hard for me to say where I draw the line. Like having the axe in the tree and having it be like the Leviathan axe, cool Easter egg. Having armor that looks like Aloy's is like a bridge too far for me, in my opinion, because that's now a functional thing in game, and it's like doesn't fit. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two had like games, right? Like uh, PlayStation Three games, right? Yeah. Or like um, there was even like a movie, right? Like a porn movie or something that was like named after uncharted or something like yeah. that to me is funny but as soon like this there is a point where it becomes like too much and i think it was like having the books in god of war was like a bit too much yeah and i think i mean i and i have seen people kind of be on both sides of it and i i can understand both arguments on the one hand it's like that's cool if i hadn't seen it already but some of these like mm-hmm you know, PlayStation exclusive titles have already been doing it. And so this was a little heavy handed here. It's kind of cool. But like, I also, I think it's kind of cool that they're all kind of like saying, Hey, to, to all of the other franchises and, and giving a nod to all the other, you know, developers and things. But yeah, at some point it's kind of like, okay, maybe we just do an Easter egg instead of multiple. Like, right. Right. um, yeah. So, I'm not fully on the hill, but I'll 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 be in the middle of the hill, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't expect other people to agree with me. Yeah, I I think one that I'll die on for this game, and look, I so De- Deborah Ann Wool was the character Faye in this, like seen mm-hmm. her in um like Daredevil and stuff, and I I think she did a great job, and. The bits of her with Kratos are probably the quietest parts in the game. Yeah. Um, I think I would have liked to not had those bits with her. I I would have liked to have had the mystery of how Kratos got to the the land of the Norse and how he settled down with Faye and and had Atreus kind of still be left as a mystery to me. That's kind of one of those things where I was like, I would have been okay had you not explained it and then just not even brought it up. Because I, I, right. I think it's much cooler to know that it's happened 
<laughs> and see like especially by the end of this game and 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 how kratos has transformed his way of thinking how he talks to atreus how he interacts with not just atreus mm-hmm. but with mamir and freya and kind of all the allies at the end of the game like he has a huge transformation i don't think you needed Faye necessarily to, to 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 be there in my opinion like i'm glad that she was there like it's it's kind of it's kind of cool to see the character right but um I think that's the one thing where I'm like, I would have been okay if you just told me it happened and not necessarily showed mm-hmm. me. It's true. Like that's meant to um, kind of symbolize his his fear of not changing, right? Yeah. Of of uh, like ha- having to surrender himself to fate, and uh, that there are other ways they could have represented that fear, even in a dream sequence without involving Faye. Yeah, because you yeah. you never see her in the first game. You have, you know, when you mm-hmm. get to the light of Alfheim and he goes inside of it, you hear her voice, and you're kind of chasing a quasi silhouette, but um, you never see her. And I I found that right. to be much more impactful and powerful than actually seeing her and visualizing her uh, in this mm-hmm. game. Again, yeah. uh, nothing yeah. against Deborah Ann Wool. I think she's an amazing actress, and again, like the acting that she did for this was, was amazing. But yeah, I think I probably could have done without just that bit and kind of left it as a, as a mystery for me. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. That's fair for sure. Yeah. You said you had a, a couple when we were talking about, it. you have any, any more Hills to die on? Oh, just, I wanted to mention it's not a quiet game. Yeah. And then <laughs> really the, uh, the whole like, PlayStation like patting itself on the back thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really the two things. Gotcha. Right on. Overall, this game is really really fun. I I love the bigness of it. I love that it's the 2018 game and just a lot more of it because I really love the 2018 game. Uh, the game feels big. It's not open world, and I never found myself getting lost. I never got like turned no. around one way or the other. Like you can kind of find where you're needing to go, even with the horrible map system. But um, <laughs> like yes, um, despite yeah, that. despite the yeah. map. But I love that it's just more of the same. Like I'm fine with that. I'll lead it up because I'm a fan of the series. Um, I you know it it it's it's a lot like uh last of us part two for me like that was a lot of the first game and and i enjoyed it okay so if we're going down this road <laughs> you know about yeah, being the yeah, last of us yeah. i i love the last of us part two it's one of my favorite games there were there's a generational difference between the first game and the second yeah. game so it did not have it had an easier time accomplishing the task that were given to both of these titles right for sure uh, it, many more years between the first game and the last of us part two, the changes between those two titles are monumental in my opinion. Um, but yeah, like it's a, going from a PS three game to a, like for all intents and purposes, a PS five game, right? Like late stage PS four game. I mean, there's like nine years in between them. So uh, it would have had an easier time than, than this would, but uh yeah, I, I guess like if anything, I understand they, did, they didn't have to use an entirely new engine to like create this game, you know. Uh, so if, if I knock it for the similarities, 
I also am very understanding of those similarities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about the game, man? Yeah. So we've been beating around the bush with this with this uh, whole reveal, yeah. right? This whole twist. Uh, and we did say spoilers at the top, so I do think we should talk about it. I thought it was fucking cool, man. Right. I, Crazy. I Crazy. did not... So it was kind of one of those things. We should say what it is. We should say what it is first. Okay. Yeah. So Tear <laughs> okay. shows up, but he's not Tear. Yeah. He shows up super early, too. Who is he, Ryan? He's Odin <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. The whole freaking time he is with you. And he is with you through. You get him in the first third of the game. 75% yeah. of the yeah. game. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, whew, man. Do we want to do we want to share what he does? Yeah, I mean, because you kind of said yeah. uh, remembering Brock yeah. at some yeah. point, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Brock. That's a- <laughs> yeah. So Brock was a pit bull dude, and I was really like, when I'm watching this happen, I'm like, damn, like what? What is he doing? You know, like why is he being so hard on Tear? Like he will not let this go. He thought about it. He saw something that nobody else saw, and he argued. And this is why, for me, I'm like, like, okay, why Brock? Like, he's not the smart one. Like, why is it only Brock the one who sees this, yeah. right? I didn't see it as a player. Don't get me wrong. I f- felt stupid, but I didn't see, like, why all of a sudden Tyr made this shift. I was like, oh, because it, it fits the story. I actually, I was kind of pissed about that shift from Tyr that yeah. he was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Now, like, I'll get you into Asgard. It's time for war. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like, uh, yeah, uh, what? Like, why? That's BS. Like, this is just to serve the purpose of the story. And then it ends up, no, that's Odin. And Brock was the only one who saw through it. And he gets a knife in the chest for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to set that up. Um, so you get Tear very early on in the game. Because Atreus is trying to figure out like who his identity is as Loki, and you you get Tyr, you break him out of this prison in Svartalfheim, and there were two things that now that I know what that twist is that like on a second playthrough I'll be like okay I I know where the seeds were dropped. The first one was when you go into your the first giant shrine with Tyr. And it's showing the um, the prophecy of Groa uh, and, and Grabota's mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. and the the camera pans to Tear's face, and you see him go, "Oh my God, she lied!" And I was like, "Why is that affecting you that way? Like you're the god of war of this of these lands that was kind of." I was like, "Why do you care if she lied or not?" And I was like, "I'm gonna just file that in my memory bank." <laughs> And the second one was just the entire time that he's with you in Sentry's house. He's like, he speaks in these like, maybe not necessarily double entendres, but he's always like trying to find a way to just bring up Odin. And he's like, well, you know, Odin's not going to like that. And you know, Odin's going to be pissed if you do this. And and it's like the whole time he's like Odin, he, he mentions Odin by name probably a dozen times. 
what feels like a dozen times. Maybe it's only like six or seven, but and and he just drops these hints about like not wanting to be violent anymore, and that he just wants to stay his hand. He doesn't want to get involved in these fights, and it's like, yeah, man, something's just a little off. And then when mm-hmm. when that reveal happens, man, oh my god, I was. I was like, holy shit, man. They they freaking did it. Like it was really mm-hmm. cool. Really cool. Yeah, that got me. I did not see it coming. It got me. And then I was like the whole time. I was like, and to have it happen so late in the game, I was like, Jesus, I'm gonna have to play through this game again. Like <laughs> crap. And I actually saw an interview with the developer, uh, well, a director of the title, uh, because there are hundreds of developers who worked on this game. Thank you, all of you. Uh, and uh, the accent mark from Tyr's name isn't there when it's Odin. So, because uh, I guess in the in the post game you could find the real yeah, Tyr. Yeah, you can. Guess, you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the accent mark is present when uh, he is speaking. So it it just blows my mind because I couldn't think back to everything that was said. And I was like, I might have to play through this again. Like, and just no, go in knowing this now to see where it falters. Yeah. You know? There were, I've, I've watched, cause I've also geeked out too. There's a handful of videos that I've watched where, uh, Eric Williams, the director for this game, Odin is literally can be seen in every realm. You just never know where he's mm-hmm. at. And you actually see him in the first realm. And Svartal fine. When you, First, get to yeah, to, to Valir, Um, You go under a bridge, and there the camera pans up ever so slightly, and you see a person look down at you from the bridge towards you. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Odin," and you're like, "Oh my god, he's freaking everywhere." There's damn ravens, man. Um, and then another interview that I saw with him, I, I didn't finish it, but he was talking about the three directives that Corey Barlog, the director of the first game gave him. And he was, uh, let's see if I can remember them all. He's like, you know, Ragnarok has to happen. Um, Atreus has to leave at the end. And he's like, Brock has to die. And they're like, wait, why Brock? He's like, cause he's the dog of the group, man. He, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's loyal. And he's like, that's going to be the most impactful death. And it was like, well, hell yeah, man. He got it right because it was like, I don't know if it would be as impactful as Sindri because he's kind of this smaller, meek kind of, right. kind of, you know, brother anyway. But like the fact that it was Brock yeah. really, really hits you harder, I think. And I think they, they made the right decision there. I mean, I don't want to lose Brock. Like Brock's, <laughs> Brock's right, a great right. character. But um, I, I feel like I, I'm looking forward to where they go with Sindri. But Sindri had a lot more character in this game. That would have hit really hard, I think, because Brock was kind of sidelined for a lot of this, a lot of this game. You know, yeah. But you get him; he was he was equal parts sidelined. But then when he's your companion, that mm-hmm. Vanaheim section with him oh, kind of goes on for a while because you know you you're playing as Atreus and your companion is, is uh Sindri. And then at some point it's just uh, like Sindri stays and kind of works at a shop and Atreus goes out on his own for a little mm-hmm. bit and comes back. And then you, your next playable section with Kratos is with um, Freya comes, but she's not in human form. <laughs> she's, mm-hmm. she's, a, she's yeah, a Falcon, right. which is pretty cool. And she's yeah. just ribbing you and, and Brock the whole time. And Brock is your companion. He's chucking bombs and saying all these quips during yeah. battles and stuff. And that's a pretty lengthy section. I was like, man, 
we're getting a lot of Brock here. And he's usually the dwarf of choice when you travel to the other realms, when you go to Niflheim and you're doing the Raven tree. Mm -hmm. And when you go to Muspelheim to first do the trials, he's there. Um, Oh, okay. See, I didn't, yeah, Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the game more than than you realize before Mm -hmm. he's taken away. Um, Yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's such, such a good twist. I absolutely just, it was a home run, man. Absolute home run, in my yeah. opinion. And then you're like, oh, shit, he's got the mask, too. Like, he's about to go. You know, his raven's coming. Mugen, I think, uh, is about to take him to Asgard. And that drop near Spear, dude. <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah, Kratos, we got the mask. Still. Yeah. Like, we still got the mask. But then it's like, oh, shit, like, Brock's dead. Yeah. Like, it was heavy. It was heavy I stuff. mean, I just yeah. perfectly acted because Sindri's there holding Brock and, like, Freya is, uh like, freaking just laser-focused on the Odin because she's like, I want to get my, you know, vengeance on my crazy-ass ex-husband. And Sindri's mm-hmm. there just calling out to her, like, Freya, please help because he's dying and she's got to come do her magic and try and save him and, and she can't. And, oh, my God, man, that, that scene... That that's up there for me. That that whole scene, I think, mm-hmm. is is equally played out as Joel's death scene from Last of Us Part Two. I think it's as good. the The acting is amazing wow. in that in that whole scene, yeah. and it, it's got almost as many characters. <laughs> like, right, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, I will say um, it, it's it's like after that too, uh, where they're talking about it. And Mamir says something like, oh, like, Brock wasn't whole. Like, he didn't have his whole soul. Like, he doesn't get to go to, uh, you know, basically the the afterlife. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, Yeah, Brock's he done. doesn't get to go to Valhalla. Yeah. 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 Um, Which was like, oof. Like, that's that was when it really hit for me, you know? I And, man, the next bit after that, when, like, a Kratos and Atreus leave, and then they, they go back to Midgard and they hunt – Right. And dude, so you're tracking the, you know, mythical deer, which you, you killed one in the first game. So I was like, okay, cool. Get to, get to go hunting again. Right. And, you know, you see Atreus pull the bow back and the, the little freaking uh, the things line up and I'm like, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm like, why the hell am I not shooting? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. out of, out of frame, Kratos's hand comes and he drops the bow and he's like, we're running like we're, we, we, we mm-hmm. need to go back. Like we need to go find century and we need to, we, we, we need to do this. Yeah. And I was like, damn man, that was, that was pretty impactful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also love how many references there were to the first game. When you start that deer hunt, Mimir's like, where are we going? And Atreus is like in the direction of deer, which was a which was a line that right. Kratos had in the first game. But my my favorite callback is in Helheim after the the war with uh, Garm uh, or the the fight with Garm, and you're about to leave, and Kratos realizes, man, like I have been this overprotective, like kind of an asshole of a dad because. The, the kind of MacGuffin in this game is that they both, both Kratos and Atreus know what the giant prophecy is 
and shows mm-hmm. Kratos dying. So all of Atreus's actions in this game are trying to stop his dad from dying. And Kratos is trying to make sure that Atreus doesn't find out that he dies. Like that's kind of what the thing is. And he realizes that he's just been kind of this protective overbearing dad. And he apologizes. And then he says, what is my favorite line from the first game? Atreus says this. He's like, don't be sorry. Be better. Be better. I was like, nailed it, brother. Nailed it. I was like, yes, that. And you can see Kratos, too. He kind of like changes his attitude because he's like impressed by it. And he looks at at Atreus like, okay, like, okay. And perfectly animated because it's not a full smile. It's like this half like Mm -hmm. tilted smirk. And he's like, you can tell he's like proud, but also like, that's smart ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. That was a great moment. Perfectly animated in my opinion, man. So, yeah, man, we've been talking an hour and a half. I know. (laughs) This has been amazing. I could probably still continue to talk about this game. Is there anything else you want to bring up or talk about this game, man? Uh, the Odin boss fight at the end, it lives oh up to the God. expectation. It earns it. Like, you earn the end of this game. Uh, it felt like a great boss fight. It wasn't cheap in any way. It was just like, it was good. It was meaty, you know? I Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, too, because I love kind of one of the newer aspects that they added, to in some of the battles. It's not in all of them, but... Um, you have to do like additional damage to some of the enemies and it's blocked off. It's either red, white, or blue. Red is obviously the Blades of Chaos. Blue is the Leviathan Axe. But then you get your drop near spear and you have to do like the kind of spear slash wind damage to someone. And in mm-hmm. that whole fight with Odin, it switches because it's a multi, it's kind of like a Final Fantasy boss fight. It's got multiple stages, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you have to do different damage in order to break the kind of armor he has and and deal damage to him. And man, it, it, it's really freaking cool. And then yeah, I same with that Thor one too. Yeah, 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 the Thor one's great. And I love how like the last third of the fight, he doesn't have a spear. Odin's fighting you with a book, and he just knows mm-hmm. all this magic and these spells, and he's doing all these attacks and stuff. Like, dude, it's kind of a head trip. I thought it was pretty cool. I I enjoyed it. It was super same. cool same so ryan man i appreciate you being here brother this was awesome it was great to see you and talk with you man i appreciate you having me on honestly and like i said for such a monumental game dude like thanks for the opportunity to talk about it john like i had a great time i had a great time i could probably talk all night about it (laughs) for sure yeah man (laughs) it's great to have you here second time guest so yeah man great to have you on so ladies and gentlemen that's gonna wrap it up for god of war ragnarok appreciate you guys listening um we gave you multiple chances to turn off (laughs) and turn away so i hope you heeded that advice um again thank you to ryan for being here and uh we'll catch you guys on the next episode love you appreciate you ryan anything you want to say in closing no no once again just thanks for having me on dude really appreciate it of course man of course yes sir all right thank you guys so much for checking us out you guys know where to find us vgl underscore podcast twitter and instagram leave a like comment review and we will catch you guys on the next episode see ya Kid.